0: This is NFL.com's Coach's Show Podcast.
1: Forty men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them lifts. Everybody's driving out there. Nobody's them, And now we're going. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam.
0: Checking out the coach Show, I'm Brian Billick, joined by Steve Mariucci and Steve, the uh, football gods. They're a funny funny bunch of guys now. You know, the Arizona Cardinals are sitting there at 8-1. and one. Bruce Aarons doing a heck of a job. He's got a great defense. Everything's going their way. And then, boom, down boom. goes Carson Palmer. Let's talk a little bit about what is in store for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and Carson was having
1: such a great season. Had only thrown three interceptions all season and was undefeated as a quarterback. Well, He's going to miss the rest of the way, right? And and uh, Bruce Arians brought Drew Stanton there for a reason. He knew the system. He, he liked his maturity. He's 30 years old. He's not a kid anymore. Uh, so if it, anybody's going to take over for Carson Palmer, you can see Carson right there, that left knee right there. Uh, same knee injured uh, when he was at Cincinnati. And uh, hopefully he'll be back uh Better than new. Oh, he tweaked it right there too.
0: And it was not odd. Uh, odd kind of how many times we see that? It wasn't like he got crumpled up and tackled. Just kind of open, got torqued a little yeah. bit, and it just must have hit just the wrong way.
1: Yeah, I think he had an ACL and MCL that less that last surgery there. But uh, hopefully, this is not going to require too much repair. But
0: let's go, Drew Stanton. He's going to have to save the day. Well, and Bruce has come out like we all would say. I mean, what else are you going to say? but we can go win a super bowl cuz that's where they're at right now. They're 8 and 1 and when yeah. you look at their schedule without, you know, being disrespectful, they got Atlanta, Kansas City, St. Louis, Kansas City's at home. You can see them getting to 11-5 in a heartbeat. That doesn't even address what they'll do this week at Detroit, which is going to be a really great game. They got Seattle twice and San Francisco. So if they can just steal one or two of those all of a sudden now you're looking at a, a 12-win season maybe. So clearly they're on the path for the playoffs. But let's talk about – now, they have faith in Drew Stanton, but, you know, frankly now, Drew Stanton's a sub-60% guy, just about as many touchdowns as interception. He does have a little experience. Now, he says he's not going to change anything, Bruce Arians, but don't you have to alter the offense just a little in terms of playing, playing great defense. Let's let's put more emphasis on the run and the ball and yeah. let this guy just not lose it for us.
1: Well, the answer is yes, because I, I think Drew Stanton's a little bit more mobile than Carson Palmer is. And you saw when he came in the game, he ran some play-action stuff, some movement stuff, and I think he can do this very well. Uh, the only problem with that is they've got to run the ball more often. Andre, Andre Ellington only had 23 yards rushing. So they've got to find uh, some balance in their offense. But I think Drew Stanton's capable of getting the ball down the field. Look, he's, look, he's, he's got a lot of guts now. Look at that, t- look at that, t- John Brown. Now, I like the dance. Look at that. Brian, no, that no. looks like you. No, we gotta work in on your college that. Days. He needs
0: some spandex on if he's gonna do a dance like that. <laughs> but but you talk about the running game. Normally, okay, we'll look at the Arizona Cardinals, 8-1 because they're playing great defense. Not good defense, great defense. Shut down secondary that lets Todd Bowles pressure all he wants with seven and eight guys. But you gotta run, they're twenty ninth in the league in rushing. They've got to yeah. commit to running the ball better if they're going to help Drew Stanton you know, not turn the ball over, get you one, maybe two touchdowns a game and let that formula win for you?
1: No doubt. We always say, uh, and he's not a young quarterback, but he's a backup and he's a new quarterback. You got to play defense, which they will, and you got to run the ball to help that guy out a little bit. So I I think Bruce knows that. He'll run the football more often and and, in a better way to help him out. But, uh, you know, he says Drew Stanton can win a Super Bowl for him, you know, what What else is he going to say? Well, he's good right. enough to take second in our division. Right, no, yeah. he's got to show oh, we're confidence. We're dead. We're done. In we're shutting guy. it down because
0: there's no way we can win with this guy. So, yeah, what, 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 what do you think he's going to say? Uh, and and uh, the team, again, that's two and one, okay, in the, when he has started for them. And he came in and did, as we just showed, that winning touchdown, uh, so it's not like he just came in and kind of handed off to finish off the game. He actually came no. in and you could say won the game for him. The They're game against Detroit. The, the game against Detroit's going to be interesting because Detroit has you talk about or we just talk about their ability to run the ball. Detroit that front seven of theirs could make it a long day running the ball for Arizona, but conversely, I'm loving waiting for the matchup between Patrick Peterson and Antonio Cromartie they got nothing but first round draft choices back there uh, Dion Buchanan and even Tyron Matthew he was a first round he was a third round but he was a first round talent we agree with that it was the off field deal that so you're talking about four first rounders matching up against Megatron and, and obviously Golden, Golden Tate, Tate and uh, Riddick coming out of the backfield the tight ends if they're healthy now's win this is this going to be worth the
1: price of admission yeah and you got uh, Drew Stanton's a Michigan kid right from Farmington Hills over there and he you know this this is going to be a huge game in terms of NFC playoff ramifications. Detroit goes to Arizona. Both quarterbacks are going to be slinging it around, and it's going to come down to which corners can hold up the best.
0: Yeah, it's, and, and the, the hardest thing I have is that running game. They, they've got five games that they've played. Now, this is an 8-1 and one football team, but five games where they've had less than 100 yards rushing and only four with over 100. So you're right. The touches, their ability to run, um, they've got to get more focused on that. And, and we talked about Bruce Arians. Let's remember Tom Moore, longtime offensive mind in this league. He's kind of mentoring the quarterbacks and the effect you can see that he's, that he's had on uh, Carson Palmer. And that also will be a very calm voice. For Drew Stanton to draw on, along with Bruce Arians, so yeah, th- these guys are going to be okay. And if anybody can pull it out, it'll be Bruce Arians. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move on. We were talking a little bit about, boy, that uh, sunny night game, Moch. I, I You'd like to say, boy, I've been there and how tough it is. Fortunately, you and I—I I don't know about you, but I've never been there. Not not when you're looking up and it's that slow train wreck that we saw with Chicago and Green Bay and Mark yeah. Tressman. You got what? What do you what do you say at halftime on a game like that? Ugh.
1: You know, they're down 42 to nothing, and and I think that's the second worst of all time at halftime. So there's no cookie-cutter speech for something like that. And then they come back out in the third quarter, and they get a punt blocked, and they're just not very good at anything. And and so I feel bad for these guys. Their expectations was pretty darn high. They were the second-best scoring team in the league last year four guys that went to pro bowls with cutler and Alshon jeffrey and brandon marshall and forte they've been very good at times in their careers <coughs> excuse me they're they're not doing it they're not doing it in defense either they're not doing it in special teams either i don't know I don't have a, i don't have an answer for these guys
0: well and 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 this is an indictment to a degree but the pressure on mark tressman now i do a radio show in chicago every every week and you can tell the mentality is <laughs> I mean, look around the league. Without maybe Dallas, maybe Denver. Is there a offensive group that you would trade for those? If you had those Chicago Bears, you talk about all those receivers. Good offensive line, Mills and Long on the right side were rookies last year, and they've played up to it. You got Matt Forte behind you. You know they're they're clearly one of the top five offensive personnel group, aren't they? And and they just no production. They're none, and you got a, a versatile running back
1: with a big receiving group. Tight ends and receivers are huge and a strong-arm quarterback. And they're just not getting the plays, especially down the field, like they did a year ago. They they have to earn every yard they make. They have to go the distance, 12 plays, to, to get it in the end zone. They're finding a way to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's a penalty, a drop pass, a fumble, a sack, a, illegal procedures they can't put
0: successive plays together and i i'm shocked i i'm, I'm when i at halftime because I, I stuck around and i did game day final last night yes, and i'm did. watching this at halftime and i'm thinking of a, a long time chuck mills remember chuck mills former head coach college head coach was i think he was at william and mary nope and they were playing oklahoma and they were down same thing kind of like 50 to nothing at half and the, the story is is that at halftime, Chuck Mills went in, got his team together, says, guys, here's what we're going to do. Because, you know, in Oklahoma, every time they score, that Boomer sooner, right, and the horses oh, yeah. go around. He says, guys, we're going to let the, I don't care how many times we have to let them score. I want that horse dead. I want that horse to pass out from a heart attack. I don't care if we have to give up 150 points. That's our goal is to run that horse into the ground. <laughs> All right, coach, let's go do it. Did they do it? I don't know, but it probably got close. That was, you know, and it, we can make fun of it. We, it's, it's tough because this is going to get ugly in Chicago, I think, whether it's Mark Trestman. Mel Tucker, the defensive coordinator, you know, he came into a tough situation. They were pretty good on defense when they took over. So he, he kind of gave himself over. He says, okay, we'll use your terminology. We'll run your defense. And they were terrible last year. And Mark Trestman, in my opinion, smartly kept Mel Tucker, even though they were last in the league in defense. And now Mel said, okay, well, now I'm going to do it my way. And they had a transition, and they've got some people now. They brought in Jared Allen and Willie Young on the defensive line. Uh, uh, Lance Briggs is just coming back healthy. So there are some people there. Their safeties are really suspect with Monday and Chris Conte. Uh, This defensive group, they're going to stick together, but unfortunately there's going to be some pressure here in Chicago at the end of the year. Yeah, they got Lance Briggs back, but it didn't seem to help much last
1: night. Peanut Tillman's not coming back. Kyle Fuller, I like him, the rookie over there. uh, the corner, he's going to be a good player. Not there yet, but you know they just they busted so many coverages. That's the problem. If you if you give up a touchdown pass and it's contested and it's close, fine. But when guys are wide open like that, and Jordy Nelson,
0: if there's one guy you're going to cover, it's Jordy Nelson, right? If there's one guy you're going to cover, roll up to, double, (laughs) whatever it is, and he's just running down the field with that first touchdown. You know, no one even close.
1: Yeah, and then uh, they throw a little screen pass to this guy right here, Eddie Lacy, and it goes for about 60 yards for a touchdown. Nobody wanted to tackle the guy.
0: Yeah, a lot of business decisions being made on that one. That's a big back to bring down. But but I just – and on the Jordy Nelson, it looked like the corner was playing cover two, but the safety was playing one free in the middle. That's uh-huh. a tough combination now.
1: Yeah, those don't go together. And so uh, they've got some things to fix. You know, as a head coach, you, you come back after a game and you say, all right, let's look at what we did well. Let's look at what we need to improve. Ooh, they've got a laundry list now. In every phase of the game, we've got to get better at this, 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 this. In the secondary, you've got to get this, 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 this. In the passing game, they've got a lot of things to try to figure out. We've got Minnesota coming to town a game they have a chance to win they got to find a way to
0: win it yeah in the division which makes it doubly tough so well let's move on to uh to uh your neck of the woods in this nfc west with seattle and san francisco obviously you know seattle held held court you know obviously home against a, a questionable new york giant team but boy the niners we talked about last week about the niners going in to play new orleans and this was going to be just the team they needed to play because going on the road and beating Jacksonville wasn't going to do any good. Go into New Orleans where they have not been beat. 11 straight games winning streak at home. That's kind of their mantle. Uh, and able to pull out a, a really huge win on the road at New Orleans. San Francisco, I'm not going to say they're totally back, but they've kept them—they've righted their ship and at least have given themselves a chance right now sitting here at 5-4. and four.
1: Huge win. Because really up here in the Bay Area, people were saying – Boy, if we lose this game and drop to 5-4, and four, the percentage of making playoffs is 13%. Uh, this would be a killer, okay? Well, they win the game in overtime. Crazy game. They, they did some great things. Look at this. Great catch. Keenan Lewis had good coverage, but this one right here. Fourth and 10. This game should have been over, but the safety came out of coverage and let that catch. Gave up the field goal. Anquan Bolden had 15 targets. That guy's a stud. And then Colin Kaepernick wasn't very good, but he made a couple plays that he needed to. And and uh, I thought the Saints had some opportunities they missed right before the half. They had two timeouts in their pocket, and they hurried, and they drew through a, t- a pass into triple coverage, intercepted right before the half, when really they could have just slowed it down, took a timeout, kick a field, Whatever. Uh, but the 49ers found a way to win it. They're five and four. They're right back in it, and they're going to start getting healthy.
0: Yeah, we, on defense, which is obviously has not been the problem. Well, let's talk a little bit about them and the Seahawks in terms of mm. both are on the verge of leaving the NFC West and going into the NFC wildcard division, notwithstanding how Arizona plays, and that gets very competitive now because Green Bay and, and, uh, mm. and obviously um, – uh, you're looking at uh, Dallas and, and, and Philadelphia is in that competition. Nothing's going to come out of the NFC South, obviously. But if you're looking at the NFC North along with Detroit and Green Bay. So if you look at this, and remember now, Seattle, and it was a good solid win for them. They're on a three-game winning streak. But two a month ago, remember, Seattle had back-to-back losses, and people were wondering where they're going to go. And Pete Carroll was saying, kind of like uh, uh, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers, hey, just relax, we're okay. Well, he said just relax because <laughs> they were going to play Oakland. Carolina and the New York Giants, who collectively mm-hmm. are six and twenty and one, so Pete mm-hmm. kind of knew, you know, where they were heading them with that thing. But if you look at the schedule, and they've got Kansas City, of course, San Francisco twice. They got Arizona. They got to play Philly in there at Philly. Mm-hmm. I can see where Seattle and and San Francisco kind of scratch out maybe a ten and six, 11 and five record, and one of them is going to be out of the playoffs at ten and six or even eleven and five. Brian, it's possible
1: that both of them miss the playoffs be, The playoffs, because you're going to have probably two out of the NFC East, Eagles and Cowboys, getting in. You're probably going to have two out of the NFC North, Lions and Packers getting in. So it's possible that you need to win the NFC West to get in. Obviously, Arizona's in the driver's seat with their record, but all of these teams play each other now.
0: And wouldn't that be something if
1: Seattle and 49ers don't get in? Yeah. Whoa. When, we
0: all, when we thought the NFC West might see three participants in the playoffs, Yeah. But given the Arizona at 10-6 last year didn't make the playoffs. So, uh, But you're right. This is becoming very competitive in that way. All right, pick one. What do you think? Who, Sa- Sa- San Francisco who or Seattle, who gets in? in if you had to pick
1: I, one? I think San Francisco. Only because they're going to be a complete team here going into December. They get uh, Oldman back, Smith back Navarro, Bowman. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Will Patrick Willis hasn't played in the last few games. He's coming back. Uh, Glenn Glen Dorsey possibly. I think they're gonna be more whole going down the stretch. And the way they play the Seahawks twice within
0: three weeks. And the healthiest team will win. Yeah, good good point. And the good thing for them too is they've got Oakland in between. So, you know, which is obviously that you look at their schedule in terms of New York, maybe Washington at home, Oakland, you know, San Diego, we'll see where they are at. So you can easily see that path that now it really comes down to those split games with Seattle and that last game against Arizona.
1: Yeah, it could come down to that one uh, for all the enchiladas. I
0: mean, it's Arizona at San Francisco, winner take all. Well, one of the coaches that had a really good, solid win this week, a uh, 21-7 win against the Tennessee Titans, was John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. And we had a chance to catch up with John. He'll walk in for the touchdown. That was a fantastic call. Torrey Smith has it. Touchdown. Talk about great effort. Boy. Well, I'm joined by the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh, and John, great win. Every win's a great win, but talk a little bit about, I always found that playing a team like Tennessee, struggling a little bit, a team you're supposed to beat at home, sometimes those were the hardest games to get through.
2: Those can be the hardest games, and we had another challenge being the fact that we're going into our bye week this week. We were coming off a really physical game against the Steelers on Sunday night. It was an emotionally challenging loss, and then the Titans had the bye week the week before, so they were preparing for us, and they had a great game plan for us, so really well-coached team. Uh, but our guys overcame it. They fought through it, and I thought we got better as the game went
0: on. I thought when they had driven the ball initially and then you got that turnover down on the goal line, not that the, the, the team woke up, but that was kind of like, okay, now now we'll write this thing going forward.
2: It was big. You know, We preached to our guys all the time, especially in the red zone, just make them play one more play let's make it hard for him to score, do everything we can to keep him out, and maybe we'll have a chance to make a play. And that's probably the training tape for that coaching point right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't. always those good teaching moments, no question about it. And your team responded very well. I want to talk about Justin Forsett a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, the guy's fourth in the league and rushing right now, had a big game the other day, 20 carries for 112 yards. When, and obviously he suits the Gary Kubiak zone running system. Did you know when you first got him that, that he was going to kind of be this good? Or is it kind of like, oh, boy, did he kind of grow on you?
2: Well, I'd like to say that I knew. Uh, Justin knew. He uh, has been a guy, if you look at his career, he's made a lot of plays. He's good in pass protection. He can catch the ball. But the thing I think that we're seeing now that maybe people didn't know about, he's got unbelievable vision, and he makes people miss. So he's making yards for us, and it's just been a great addition. It's nobody. I don't think anybody predicted it. Even Gary probably didn't predict it. But uh, Justin, he has
0: done some special things. On, on really both of the touchdown runs, but one in particular, it sh- you know, obviously, as we both know in that zone running scheme, you got to be patient. And, and when right. you make that one cut and go, and there were a couple plays, one on the touchdown where he really showed that patience of, okay, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, boom, now I'm ready to go. Right.
2: He does have patience, and he's not in a hurry to get into the hole. He sees the whole broad spectrum of the line of scrimmage. I've seen him take a stretch play outside the tight end to the, to the right and all the way back behind the whole defense to the left, and that's pretty hard to do.
0: Another guy I want to talk about, someone that I'm familiar with, Torrey Smith that came in that was a raw talent when he came in. A lot of people I don't right. think fully appreciate just how raw he was. This was a, there was some growth that had to happen here, and it looks like he has really gotten to that point where he is really a true professional now.
2: Well, he's running all the routes now. He's doing a great job with the underneath routes, the stop routes coming back to the sideline, the deep middle crossing routes, the routes that are hard for those guys to run. We always thought he could track deep balls. Um, He's probably done a better job in the past than that he has this year, but he's drawn penalties this year because people are kind of grabbing him deep. But he made plays for us yesterday deep, which was huge.
0: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's the number one penalized, meaning he draws more penalties than any receiver in the league so far. Right. That's right. as good as a catch, right?
2: Absolutely. It's <laughs> pass interference. That's the rules of the game. Uh, uh, but you know what? Hey, you know, he goes up and makes plays. He can run fast, and guys are grabbing him, and I think that's a sign of respect.
0: Sure, that's all part of it. Um, i, I, I got to ask you, and given your special teams background, because I'm sitting, I'm watching all the games. thing I'm loving right now in what I do for the NFL Network, I get to watch all the games. And then for playbook, I've got to get ready for my segments. Special teams, and maybe it just feels this way. We're seeing more blocked punts, blocked mm-hmm. kicks, more punt returns. Uh, and I'm, I'm the old coach in me is coming out. Is part of this a function of the limited time you have to get your teams ready in training camp and then during the season?
2: It probably is part of that. Another theory that we have is the fact that there are fewer kickoff and kickoff return plays. So it uh, lessens the, the value of special teams players. And maybe sometimes guys aren't keeping those veteran players that know how to play quite as much. So you get worse covered kickoffs and worse covered punts, and it
0: creates more big plays. Just sheer reps, something you're not doing as much of, and all of a sudden it's not as good. Well, I'm mean, looking right. at your division, Coach, and who'd have thought all but early? I love it when they say, well, if the playoffs started today, well, they don't. But could you envision being 6-4 and four and technically being last in the division? That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're not looking at it that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, what it says is how good your division is. Talk a little bit about that.
2: It is a great division. You know, I thought at the beginning of the year it had a chance to be the best division in football. We just have to do our part. We've got six games left. We've got three excellent teams in our division. We're going to have to play great football to keep up with these teams. We plan on doing that. That's our objective. That's our goal.
0: You ever think about petitioning to move to the NFC South where where four and five leads the division? That that would solve the problem right there. (laughs) Uh, we like our rivalries. Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously the, what you've got coming in front of you, you've got to feel very good about where you're at in terms of kind of in control of your own destiny, just simply sitting at 6-4, and four, which is pretty darn good, and the teams you have to play obviously within the division. Cleveland you're going to play again, obviously, uh, who leads the division right now. That part of it's got to make you feel good.
2: It does. You know, the teams in this division are going to play against each other, and there's going to be some losses and some wins kind of stacked up that way we got to take care of our business. We've got to go to New Orleans in two weeks. We've got San Diego coming in here in three weeks. Tough schedule after that.
0: Well, deserve it. Week off, Coach. Get some time away. We appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Great being with you. Always enjoy visiting with John Harbaugh. Always has a, a good, solid perspective on the game. Coach, let's talk about they had a little bit of a, a flurry about a, a locker room conversation at the end of the game that was filmed, and he made a comment about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it wasn't supposed to be public that it was. Let's talk about post-game speeches a little bit tell me about one of your better post-game speeches we played one on here the other day on the show right where it said look I know you guys don't listen to half to what I say and I don't listen to half believe half of what I say either but and went on to make whatever point let's talk about the purpose what is that that post-game locker room pep talk by the coach supposed to be
1: well you know when you win it's great it's a th- there's nothing better than a joyous locker room right and there's nothing worse than a discouraged, angry locker room. But one thing is, one thing really ticked me off one time. I was in a locker room. This is a little bit like John's. First of all, you have to allow the network to come in and, and film if you want them in there. Well, when I was with San Francisco, we won a game. We ended up 12-4. and four, And because other games were going on at the same time, we learned that we were going to go to Green Bay for a playoff game we were the wildcard team at 12 and 4. And I said, that's great. That's, we're going to go to the frozen tundra and it's going to be 20 <laughs> below and big hairy armpit. We're going to go in there and going to kick the butt. Well, the headlines everywhere was Mariucci calls Green Bay, Wisconsin, a big hairy armpit. So, so And this is where I'm from. And these are your so, guys. I was pissed. Oh, at. my I, I God. I can't remember if it was Fox or CBS. I can't remember which network. I was so, because I had to answer every press call, oh, every gosh. day, even when I went back there. And this is where I grew up. Obviously, I have all the respect in the world for them. But they aired it, and they kind of made me look stupid. Yeah. And I was uh, reluctant to let any networks in my locker room after that.
0: Yeah, I, like, you, begr- cut you know, your own throat. we've all had, I, 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 I can make myself look stupid without any help. So I, I don't need a <laughs> network to, you're exactly right. How about the one not long ago when, uh, I think it was Rex Ryan's second year when, and you, he came out to his news conference kind of apologizing, well, it's too bad we haven't made the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. And they coach, no, so-and-so lost. You're in the playoffs. So you have to wonder yeah. what was his locker room speech, which yeah, you always do before you come in. You go, well, guys, you know I'll see you on Monday. T- check out we'll, meetings. We'll check out meetings at two o'clock and then get to your <laughs> rush back into. The oh, thing. we have to play. Oh, by the way, guys, no, no, hold on. Half the guys have already left and checked out, and uh, oh boy, yeah. That I, I, you know, the to me the post game was always yes all week long. You're setting a theme you know, begins with that Wednesday morning meeting and you kind of set mm-hmm. a couple of themes you hope the players buy into and you, you touch on it during the course of the week and then at Saturday night, you know, you kind of bring it full circle in terms of the message you're delivering and then hopefully after the game in a positive sense, you, you, you finish it off. You bring back, okay, we said we had to do so and so and so and we did that and that's great and uh, and, and you finish it off. It was always you're right. It's always a very, very emotional time. Uh, but you can tell, as with Rex Ryan, just to get mm-hmm. that one win, you talk and, and Mike Smith in Atlanta the same way. You, you know that the exhale that you have now with those guys, just to give them okay, we we. And how about Mike Smith? They're they're sitting there at three and six. Yep. They're one game out. How about just that? One. How about that motivational okay. guys? Let's win, win for the Gipper, and we're only one game out at three and. God <laughs> bless don't... America. At three and six, you're only one game out. That's
1: fantastic. I know. That's why these, you know, going into November and December is so interesting in the National Football League because most teams still have a chance, and so that's what makes it awesome.
0: Yeah, and, and the outcomes are very, very very quantifiable now. Again, I like I said, everybody said, well, this is a must win, and this is a big win. Well, no more so than September. We just know what the outcome is now based on or what the results are of because that win in September is probably what sets you up in November and December for this to be a must-win or one way or the other. Well, thanks for checking us out here on The Coach's Show. Make sure you go to NFL Now every week to check out The Coach's Show.